Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 475, Mr. Summit. Trying my heart out, huzzah! <laughs> Boy, here we are. If you're uh, watching live with us, thanks for joining us. Uh, 15 minutes to post uh, race nine, the finale at Belmont Park. And thanks to a 42 to one shot that Mike liked uh, in the previous race, you are alive in the pick five. Uh, you can get to the three, the four, or the nine home. 3,500 to 5,500 is your range there. So uh, yeah, if you're watching live with us, we're going to take a break during the show to, to watch this race. Not bad. We got the pick four rocking two. I think it's another sixteen hundred to the nine there. The other two are about five hundred yep. each. So, pick yep. four and pick five. Hopefully, we can get uh, get them home. And and hopefully, people who watch dudes who bet daily, both of us like the five on top. Aaron liked the four. I called out the two as a long shot to play. One, two, three, baby. So the try came in there as well. Yep. Samus just giving away bombs. Uh, it's been a great day for the for the daily show so far. Uh, Aaron liked the Braves. Uh, he had a big parlay with the Braves, uh, and that was an interesting game. I had the Phillies under four and a half team total, which was a lock. It just was a question of uh, how many runs were they going to make it close by. But you got to keep watching this if, or start watching this if you haven't every Wednesday through Sunday at noon Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific, with our best bets, especially with baseball. It's weird, but we're crushing it. So. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, the under first five cashed for me in Guardians A's, although it got a little squirrely after being 0-0 through four. There were three runs in the fifth, so don't love that. But uh, hey, we still cashed it, so that's good. And now we get to talk a little Thistle Downs, a race that has a special place in its heart for both me and you. Yeah, the Ohio Derby, it was the uh, the very first episode of the Magic Mike Show was recapping the Ohio Derby in 2018. Uh, it's, it's not Sir Axelrod. Axelman? Axelrod, yeah, five years ago, Axel. slam dunk. Yeah, that was our very first show. How far we've come since then, uh, it's crazy. We, yeah, but we are going to be talking about Thistledown. We've got the late pick five on Saturday. Let's get into it. Riders up! All right, here we go, Mike. First leg of the Thistledown Late Pick 5 on Saturday, June 24th. Race 8, 10, older Ohio bred males sprinting six furlongs at the N4L allowance level. Where'd you go on top? Gotta love starting out with Ohio breds, baby. Interesting sequence here. Uh, a lot of different handicapping strategies you got to come up with. Uh, I went with the two horse, Hoppy Gilmore on top, not just because the name, which is phenomenal, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we get first off a layoff here, four year old season. Michael Roan, 31% trainer there at Thistle, gets Rivera up in the saddle, 19%. Uh, he's great off these layoffs, 27%. And the three year old races are good enough to compete so we need to improve a little bit to be able to win i also thought I was getting the right pace set up here there's quite a bit of speed in this spot i think it's going to favor a course who wants to come from off of it but not be too far back and that kind of fits hoppy gilmore to a t uh, so give me the two horse 92 hoppy gilmore on top uh, i looked at this horse uh didn't make the ticket but i think if there's a scratch in this race a horse will make it on there for me i i thought 
Uh, the, the layoff was the concern for me. The horse has never had a layoff like this before, so uh, you're not quite sure what's going to happen. You got second in the career debut and actually bounced, weirdly enough, in the next race. But ever since then, it's been running well at this level. Just uh, not for me, because now we're stepping back up in, or stepping up the next ladder, next level for the allowance horses. So uh, top pick for me, just to his inside, though, the one horse, Zachariah, at 6-1. to one. To me, I think this is going to be an early leader and drew the rail, so you expect this horse is probably going to get sent. Taking a class drop after finishing last in an Ohio bred stakes last time out, but he pressed the early pace from the outside. Here, going to be lone speed on the inside, I think. Two wins last summer, both came at this course in distance, and I like the six to one price on the one. Uh, I, I didn't use this one just because of the speed issue. I, I think I, I thought the three Cowtown brass, boss who I ended up using was the, the better of these speed horses. But I looked at the one for a while, and I, the reason was specifically what you called out there. The drop to me is the interesting part here. Uh, it went very fast, 22-1, and 45-3 opening, and just couldn't – it didn't shake loose and then just – drop the anchor right and i don't yeah. mind using these type of horses because now is when you're going to get the best possible price on a horse like this but my main issue was the race three back uh and i know a different track but they went 23 and 147 and this one still dropped anchor going six so i'm a little concerned with the other pace pressure it's going to be tough for the one horse to be able to keep going um, I didn't use the three Cowtown boss unless you talked about him. For me, I didn't think that this was the early leader. I thought he would probably track behind the one. And he hasn't really shown an ability to pass horses or to get by them. So uh, if, if one doesn't hit a wall, I don't think the three's going to be able to get by him in the stretch. But you did use him. I did. I, this is what I thought was the best of the pace. And that's really why he ended up on the ticket here. I do want a horse who's more forwardly placed. And I liked the effort last time where... He was trying really hard when you go back and watch that race to pass those horses late after not making the lead. Prior to that, every win has been gate to wire. And then ended up running third last time out. But now you're getting second team time over the Sissel down track. He's got five seconds here, which is a little bit of a concern. But to me, this is the speed horse that I wanted. And I wanted to include someone who was going to be forwardly placed. So the three ends up making the ticket. Not one that I loved was the last one on the ticket overall in the entire sequence. Uh, but again, I didn't want to have all horses that are coming from off the pace in this spot <laughs> uh next up for me the number five Susie's kid at six to one horses cutting back to sprinting after running in place through two route tries to me that kind of indicates all right we should shorten up see if that wakes the horse up a little bit last time he cut back within the same form cycle same exact setup as this just ended up missing winning by three quarters of a length so i think he stands a good chance again cutting back from the two route tries and then the other one I use is the one we agree on in this race, and that's the number eight, Elliot the Dragon, which I think is a fun name. Uh, for me, I think this is going to be a good stalking trip. If the one and the three both end up gassing out, to me, this is the horse that will get first jump on him. You know this one can pass horses. He's shown in the back uh, back races that he can. Two back, he rallied to miss, winning by a head at this exact setup. Uh, the three horse that's in here beat that horse by a length in there. So that's why I use, and I think it's probably especially because you use the three, that's why the eight's on here for you as well. Yeah, this is the second pick. Um, also getting, I, I like the cutback. You mentioned it with the five there. Um, I like the cutback on the eight here, getting back to that six for a long distance. Interesting that the two and the, I'm sorry, the eight and the three were a entry two back, but are not an entry today. Uh, so I thought that was kind of strange that, uh, that they were then, but not now. Not sure why that changed, uh, but they are not an entry here. And uh, so that you're going to get a better price on both of them if you like one over the other. Elliot the Dragon get third off the layoff as a four-year-old, cutting back the distance I think he wants to be going. He's 
Uh, three for 10 at the distance. All three career wins have come at the distance. So I, the eight to me makes a ton of sense. I was two eight and then late added the three when I realized I was just like, a, I think it was a $36 ticket right around there. So uh, if you want to cut the three, I don't hate the idea, but I wanted to have someone who was four they placed. Uh, why? Are, I don't understand why they're not coupled again either. Now I'm very confused about this, but no time to look it up. We got to move on. Second leg of the Thistledown, late pick five. Somebody in the chat. Dennis, you're very smart about Thistledown. Uh, look it up. Why? Let us know. Yeah. What happened for them not to be coupled? It makes no sense that they're not 1-1-A when they were literally two races ago at this level. <laughs> right. If we're moving into a stakes, I could understand yeah. if they're like, okay, we don't do coupled in stakes. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, second leg, Thistletown late pick five, Saturday, June 24th, race nine, the Daniel Stearns Cleveland Gold Cup for eight three-year-old Ohio bred males routing a mile and an eighth. Same distance as the Ohio Derby, but all Ohio breds in this spot. Where did you go on top? How long did you spend looking through pedigrees for this? Not that long, honestly. <laughs> it, there is not a single horse in this race has gone a mile and an eighth. A bunch of them are coming from turf races. Some are coming from sprint races. Like uh-huh. this was a freaking mess and a half. I felt like I was handicapped at the Kentucky Derby, where no one's gone a mile and a quarter before. I'm like, what? How? Okay, all right. So who do we think's gonna be actually able to get the distance? Uh, I ended up going with the five. On t- or, I'm sorry. I ended up going with the three. Paint the town on top here. Uh, this is a, a son of painter who I think wants the dirt, not the turf. Last time when a mile and sixteenth on the turf, I watched that race like three times because it was it was a mess. Uh, there was a, <laughs> yeah. a lot of things that happened in that race. I, I think paint the town going to get a better trip today. Uh, just kind of ran in place after they went down the lane in the turn, but I don't think that that's necessarily going to be a distance issue. Comes back with a three eighty one Tomlinson rating. The horse. If you go to Painter, has good stats when going longer. So I, I think that this is going to be a good fit here for the three paint the town, who I think is going to be able to sit off the pace. And the pace, I think, is going to be really interesting going a mile and an eighth here. Because if they go cook and they go 23 flat to the opening or opening furlong, it's going to be hard for any of these horses to stick around. And you've got two makers in here that both want to be forwardly placed. The two horse wants to be forwardly placed fair and square. So this was a little bit of a conundrum for me, but I ended up with the three paint the town on top of five to one. Uh, I did consider this horse. I think I had this horse uh, second. I singled in here, um, and I, I like the I like the three that I like the fact that the three stretched out to two turns and was like, okay, definitely we need to be better on dirt. But this horse, you would think, being by painter, should handle mile and an eighth about as well as anyone. Uh, yeah, the five. Hey, Eugene, gonna single this horse. To me, this is the one that's gonna be leading. I think this horse is lone speed. The way everything's kind of set up, and. You know, the question mark is the distance. This horse has never gone beyond seven furlongs. But if you look back at those dirt races, uh, debuted at Oakland Park, a very nice second place to a horse named Rivet. Uh, Rivet has since won three straight races, two of them stakes, including the grade three chick laying at Pimlico on Preakness Day. So uh, a good horse to lose to on debut, then gets second um, or in a second career start, presses the pace before pulling away, which I like to see. Second, third, fourth and fifth place from that race all broke their maidens within their next two starts. So another good race to be coming out of. Uh, The turf uh, try last time out, I respect it that they were like, all right, we'll see what we've got here. Clearly, an open stakes at Belmont Park on the turf. Not what this horse wanted to do. We're back on dirt, and now we're going to go two turns when I think that was a good experience for the horse, at least, because didn't finish last, just got to see what it was like to face a, a much tougher level of competition than he's going to face here. Yeah, that, you know, you kind of just, you can draw a line through that one. It, it was yielding turf as well, so, you know, who really knows how it took to it. Uh, Inflation Nation ran second there. That's a pretty good... Um, 
a pretty good uh, Chad Brown turf horse as well. So I, I think Hey Eugene makes a ton of sense here. I'm going to use Hey Eugene and not use Trojan Tail, the other maker in this spot. I agree with you. I think Hey Eugene is the more talented of the two horses uh, and has a good shot of, I'm not sure he goes gate to wire. I think he might try and sit right behind the speed and then make a move because we have seen him be able to, to uh, pass horses before. So we'll see what Hey Eugene does from a tactical standpoint, but I think he makes a ton of sense. I was three, five as my top two horses. So not going to argue with that one. The other horse I went to is a little bit of a, an interesting one. And I, I was between the one K kid and the four return on investment. I ended up with the four here. This horse is a maiden, uh, but I think actually likes the dirt a little more than the turf. And the last two were over the turf. And it's interesting, you know, the green carpet was the last race that a bunch of these horses are coming out of. It was a only, it was a hundred thousand dollar flat three-year-old stakes. You see this a lot in New York too, where they have these state bred stakes for three-year-olds. And they pretty much don't care if it's turf or dirt. They're just going to run them because it's the biggest purse they can find for the top tier state bred horses. And especially these Ohio state breads, they're trying to find these $75,000 to $100,000 stakes races that they want to consistently run these horses in. And they don't care turf, dirt, sprint, route. They'll just enter them because it's the purse that they're going after more than anything else. Return on investment bolted on the turn. Uh, and I mean, absolutely bolted after having some issues around the back, around the first turn as well. Then he ends up. I think it was right around the quarter pole going like seven or eight wide on that second turn completely messed with the one horse. So I think it was a little interesting in here as well at 20 to one uh, and then closed well. And so I think this horse gets a better trip today. I think the dirt is the better surface. And if that closing kick is legit and you have the pace, I think you can set up up front. I, I think return on investment has a, a chance to upset the apple cart here. Uh, are you concerned at all that the horse is nine to two and is a three-star maiden who's only officially finished on the money once? That was a little concerning for me with the price. I thought that I would get better than nine to two on a horse like this because it's interesting. Well, I just nine to two seems really short. You really think the horse is gonna be nine to two? <laughs> hey man, I don't bet. I don't play thistle down often enough to know <laughs> how that betting is gonna go. I would set the over under at eight to one. I, I think you're that gonna get close to double that because like. The five and the six are going to take a ton of money here because it's Mike Maker shipping in town. I think the two is going to take quite a bit of money just because it's speed. Um, yeah, the, the the eight horse and the one horse both got messed with when the two when the four horse went out in that race. The four was the two in that race. That's why I'm getting confused. Uh, <laughs> so you have trip trouble excuses behind some of the leaders, which also in my mind made fair and square and Trojan Tail. It made it a lot easier for them to win the race as well. Um, and oh, by the way, Magic, I'm just gonna I'm gonna mess with your head even more. Do you know that the two and the eight were coupled last race as an entry? Well, but oh, I don't understand. <laughs> and that was the stakes, and this is the stakes. Um, uh, anyway, I ended up going three, four, five here. I think they're the best three horses bred to get mile and an eighth on the dirt, and I think the pace setup helps the three and the four specifically to be able to come run from the back. Where's Dennis? Dennis, we need to know. We're on a need to know basis for this information here. Um, I did. I, oh, I looked back. I clicked on the PPs. That I remember that because I watched the replay a bunch too. That was there were three. There was one, one A, one X in that race. Yeah. Yep. Now there's the two and the eight. Now there's the two and the eight. Oh, and now I've got a headache. And now it's post time at Belmont Park. I'll introduce the next race. And then once it seems like they're all loaded, we'll take a break. But leg three of the late pick five at Thistledown, Saturday, June 24th, race 10, the George Lewis Memorial Stakes. Uh, we have in here, where's my notes? I lost them already. 10 older Ohio bred males routing a mile and the 16th on the dirt. Uh, I went three deep in here. How deep did you end up going? Uh, I went three deep as well. I went three by three by three 
three by three by three by two by two on my ticket. Um, and I, I thought this one was one of the more straightforward races uh, of the of the three Ohio bred races that the start out. I, to me, <laughs> I almost ended up going too deep here. Big truck seems like the best horse, right? I mean, the eight seems yeah. like he, he's going to be the horse to beat here. I, I don't have any issues with the distance going a mile and a 16th with big truck. You have multiple races you can point back to. I've talked about this a lot on the show. I love the two sprints to a route angle when you're coming off a layoff to get a horse back into shape. That's yep. what we're seeing here. Two sprints to that route. We know the mile and 16th, like I said, not a problem. Three for nine here. So it seems like, especially with the pace that should set up up front for him, Big Truck has the best chance to run everybody down late and get the win at three to one. Yeah, my top pick as well, and all the things that you noted, jockey trainer combo in the last year, winning at a 22% rate, 66% in the money. Uh, we have a, an agreement on one other horse, and then we each go our own separate ways. But to find out who those are, stay tuned, because we're going to take a quick break. Uh, they're loading the gate at Belmont Park. Mike, you need three, four, and nine in this spot. Um, happen to be three of the four lowest prices on the board, so the betting public seems to agree with you. Three at three to two seems like the most likely winner to you. I had the nine on top at seven to one. Uh, wow. so nine was nine was the top pick, then the three, and then the four. The three's a maker horse uh, who uh, it should be the favorite. I mean, is your logical choice for a favorite? The nine, uh, I believe, was a speed play here, where I think the nine is a shot at taking this field gate to wire. Let me double check that real quick with the PPs. But yeah, we're three, four, nine to close out the pick four and the pick five for anywhere from a total of around four grand to a total of around seven grand. The nine would obviously be the best of that. Oh, no, the nine second off a layoff going to be coming from off the pace. Nick Feldman and says four, he's got uh, four over one. Four over one nine is uh, Nick Feldman's exacta for this one. So he likes the four as well. Yeah, the four is the speed play. So Shanghai Prince should probably be in the lead early here. And then uh, hopefully the nine can come from off the pace. Great. Shanghai Prince is at Thistledown that we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, Shanghai Prince. <laughs> you just crushed here. I was like, wait, that, I know that name. Oh, it's Splendid Summer. So it wasn't that far off. Okay. Well, it's funny. Shanghai Prince is also going to be the early leader in Thistledown, I think, in that race we're talking about. Whoa. Yeah. Ooh, that two. Yeah, the two had to check out hard. The 11 cent. The nine's in a great that spot, okay. though. Yeah. Sonic like, Speed. That's a good name. I didn't think the nine would be that close, but that's kind of where you want to be right now on this Belmont turf course. Oof. We're going a mile and a 16th here. <laughs> great content right here 20, <laughs> yeah 20, i know podcast 20, listeners i'm really sorry yeah um, we just have, you have to cut it out to actually do some work on the podcast no i'm not gonna do that we gotta make this entertaining <laughs> 25 and not even 25 and one for this 11 horse which you don't have but you have the nine who's tracking literally a length off the hip um yeah, and the, the 11 doc actually has the 11 in the pick five He's alive to the three, four, nine, eleven. So I know he wouldn't mind the eleven to get the job done here. The four starting to make a move. Eleven's quit every single time he's had the lead except for one. So maybe this will be the second he doesn't. But uh, hopefully the nine can go right on by. Three's under. Three's coming, coming under a bit of a drive. Four's going to tip out. We just need to get by the eleven with this nine. That's really uh, yeah. what we're looking for. Just cl get clear of him, and then you then it should hit all right buddy just open up now come on nine come just on with this up, nine. buddy come on with this nine come on baby hold Can't off with three. this nine hold off the three hold off the three. Oh, it's gonna be close 
You got it. You ain't catching you got it. Good go, job. Seven grand. Let's go. Nicely done. Samich hitting the pick four and pick five at Belmont Park on Thursday, June 22nd. All right, here we go. Back to Thistledown. Uh, we both like the eight horse. We both also like, let me actually make sure I get this correct in here. Uh, we both also like the nine horse, Romantic Cowboy, nine to two. To me, I think this horse sits just behind the early leader, which I said I think is probably going to be the four Shanghai Prince who also likes to quit a lot when he's on the lead, just like the, the four does in that race right there. Uh, Seven-year-old making the second start off of a 159-day layoff in Romantic Cowboy, stretching out after sprinting six furlongs, just like we talked about with Big Truck, probably just needed to get the layoff taken care of, use that six furlong sprinty to get it done. Last time he went six furlongs to a route, Romantic Cowboy beat allowance horses here last August by nine and a half links a little bit of a big win here so uh all reasons i like the nine romantic cowboy yeah I mean, this was the most likely horse that's going to be able to take them gate to wire i mean we ended a seventy-five thousand dollars state bread stakes four back and was able to get the lead and just kind of faded late again i i feel like the eight's the best horse but i feel like the nine is the most likely horse that's going to be forwardly placed that can win i, I like the fact that as you mentioned that race the mile race after the sprint to a route was not in the lead for the first half mile and still able to get it so you you can sit off the pace with this nine who's going to be your outside speed versus the four Shang, uh shanghai prince uh and shanghai prince has rosario up too we know how that usually ends up uh so i'm gonna go with <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to use the nine romantic cowboy as a gate to wire threat there because I, I think that's got a big shot. For anybody who doesn't, if you don't have PPs, there's a different Rosario. It's Hector Rosario Jr. But just the fact that it was, that was too good. Very nicely done. Um, so this is where we're going to split off. I'll go first uh, because I also was between my horse and the one that you ended up uh, going with. I'm going to take the five venture on at eight to one. Uh, making the third start of the form cycle and at age four exits a rallying win versus allowance horses over the same course and distance last time out. Should give a career best effort here. And I think the jockey trainer combo uh, winning at 25% in the past year, that's pretty darn good as well. You like the six, relish the ride at five to one. Yeah, ironic here because I was between the five and the six. Uh, and I went with the six, <laughs> relish the ride just to the outside. Uh, horse who is five for nine here at Thistle Downs loves it. One for five at the distance, but does has two places as well. And this is another horse that's going uh, two sprints to a route. We came from off the pace in both of those sprints. But if you go back to the routes, uh, all of those... He's, we're a little bit closer to the pace. So you have tactical speed when routing a horse that can close uh, a horse that doesn't mind passing horses had a nice win streak here last year at Thistle. I like the setup big time. And that to me is the big thing. Even if you go back to last year in 22, May 11th, June 3rd, two sprints goes into a route, ends up running second there, third in the next, mm -hmm. second, in the next, then back to back win. So this is one of those setups where, you know, the trainer was trying to get the horse ready to go for this four year old season. Uh, Radnicevich, 12%, but for some reason, I always think he's better than that, better than 12%. He's one of those guys who you see winning in a lot of different places. Um, yeah. so I, I think this is a perfect setup for two sprints to route for a horse that should be more forwardly placed now that we're routing and should be able to pass horses late. And if the four and the nine both back it up, I think the six gets first run, and then it's whether or not the five or the eight can catch him. Yeah, the sixth uh, trainer, Rodosev, Rod however you say his last name, uh, in the past year, according to time form, he's a 21% winner at Thistledown. So they must just have some weird stat throwing that off because you're right. He's a winner all throughout the Ohio Valley, Mahoning Valley, Belterra Park. This guy wins with a lot of horses, and he spots them well. Um, and by the way, our, we both have $54 tickets. If you can't decide between the five or the six and you add one or the other that you didn't have, it's a $72 ticket, so it's still pretty affordable. So uh, it's funny that that's where we landed with that race. 
You know what's next, the penultimate leg of the Thistledown Late Pick 5 on Saturday, June 24th. Race 11, the Lady Jacqueline Stakes for 13 older fillies and mares, routing a mile and an eighth, including 63 caliber, one of the last remaining horses I have in training with my racehorse. Did you pick 63 caliber on top? No, but I am going too deep, and I am using 63 caliber. Uh, okay. give me day you can stay on the show. Give me De La Vida on top here. Shamanad sends it in. Corrales picks up the mount. I'm sorry. Corrales sends it in. Shamanad picks up the mount. It would probably go poorly if it was opposite. Uh, <laughs> this horse was just compromised last time by the pace, right? It, they went slow up front early, 48 and 4, 112 and 3. And in, Interstate Daydream had a lot left because of that. Uh, De La Vida didn't switch leads. It has five right, wider on the second turn. Uh, in Interstate Daydream, 70 cents on the dollar in that race. And, and I remember picking her and thinking she was going to go gate to wire. Uh, not such an easy life today for Interstate Daydream. There is quite a bit of other speed yep. in this spot. And because of that, I think it sets up a lot better for horses who want to come from off of it. And De La Vida is one of those who, look, I like that first effort off the bench there. It's, we're later in the six-year-old season, so you want him to take another race in. I think this is a great spot for this horse. The distance shouldn't be an issue. The pace should play out very well for De La Vida. like the fact that, uh, that we've got Chaminade in here, who's one of the top jocks there for Iggy Corrales as well. So... I think it's all systems go here on the four De La Vida at nine to two. I couldn't use this horse. I can't use it. Like I, she's such a freaking knucklehead when she runs or she, you know, switches on to her left lead a lot or, or takes too long to switch. She's a, she's a very talented horse. She's just a freaking knucklehead. And I just couldn't play her in a spot. Uh, especially, you know, the fact that she, she did run well against the, none of the circumstances last out behind Interstate Daydream. But to me, she's never going to be a win a graded stakes or, or stakes race like this. She's a hit the board type. So I'll pass on her, especially uh, when she's 9-2 here and, and her odds were much you know different in her previous start. So uh, the other one we did agree on, though, my top pick is the 663 caliber 5-1. Third start of the form cycle. Third start as a four-year-old. A horse that's bred to get better with age and also bred to handle some moisture in case there ends up being uh, slightly off track on Saturday. She did win two, strikes, two straight stakes last year, including a grade three at this distance. And I love that Christian Torres is in the saddle. The dude tore it up at Oaklawn Park. Really strong rider. 21% winner overall in the last year. Did I miss anything about my girl? No, it, to me, really, it's it's the trip as well. I mean, you should get enough pace to run into, should be sitting close to the pace. Not really sure what happened in the La Troyenne there, grade one, where the horse absolutely dropped the anchor, but came back, I thought, ran really well in the Shawnee and ends up running second in that spot. Uh, to me, the setup is good. We've seen this horse ship and be able to win all over. She's won at Aqueduct. She's won at uh, Churchill Downs. She's won at Indiana. So I have no issue with her trying this this uh, Thistle Downs racetrack. Like the price at five to one. Um, and, and I like the fact she likes to win. I mean, this horse is five for 10 lifetime. That's a that's a positive when you have these type of races and especially when you're going to have to pass horses to try and get the job done. Uh, next up for me, I went with a local horse, uh, number 12, Candlelight Hours. I got to move this down just to even bring her up on the screen here. Uh, but uh, winner two straight locally, including a mile and 16th stakes versus Ohio Breads. She entered that off of a five and a half furlong sprint, which, you know, what she's doing here. Uh, she's got the right running style to do well, I think, in the spot. Sit within a couple lengths of the early pace and get first run if she's good enough, especially if the three nine do end up dueling it out. I don't think the 10's good enough to stay part of that early picture. So she's going to be right there with the eight, and the eight is the other horse I used, but I could understand not wanting to use her because there is a pace scenario here that's not favorable for her. She hasn't always shown that she likes to pass horses, but I'm using the eight Interstate Daydream because I think she's by far the classiest horse in here. 
she did have a favorable setup in that Pimlico Stakes race, but um, I, I I don't know. To me, it's Brad Cox and Florent Giroux on a big day at a small track. It's I got to use them. Yeah, I, I decided to chuck her because I didn't want to get too chalky. I mean, I seven to two is ridiculous. Interstate Daydream's going off at what seven to five somewhere in that range in this race. I mean, she's going to get bet down pretty good. I wanted to try yeah. and avoid one of these favorites, especially since I'm going to be pretty predictable in the last leg here. Um, I, I felt like she was the favorite I try and beat because of the alter alternate pace setup that, that we saw last time. So trying to chuck her out of there and get it. But I, I have her list as third on my ticket or on my race. I just don't want to go three deep here and, and use her when I'm, I'm not spreading with big time prices early. I'm looking for more of stringing together the eight to one, nine to two type plays. And I don't want to include chalk here and then be chalk chalk in the last so uh chuck her out and see if we can get around her uh last one on for me I, if there's a caveat to this if it's a fast track the only way i'll use this horse is if it's a fast track that's the number nine secret fix at eight to one since july 2022 six starts on faster she's got four wins in two seconds uh three uh, races in the mud or in the slop never closer than fifth never within like five six nine lengths of the winner um but i feel like the trainer kim Poole, claimed this horse for 20k off of diodoro with this race in mind because brought her here had the prep at the, the one race over the track and now sends her into this stake spot shown the past races that she can handle a pace duel so if that's what happens with the three she can still come out on top I think the three is one of those horses that if you watch some of her replays, Mike, she just throws in the towel as soon as she gets challenged. Got a jockey trainer combo winning at 31% in the past year. The trainer, Kim Puel, winning 28% overall at Thistledown. So I went with a, a local horse, but again, if it's muddy, sloppy, if it's anything other than fast, I am definitely not using the night horse because she does yeah. not like that wet track. <laughs> I would usually blast her time in the last race. The mile went 138 and one after going 111 and one for six furlongs. But when you win by 11, I'm not really sure how <laughs> all out you were going. Like when you, when you stretch out three extra lengths and you run that last uh, last quarter of a mile there in 27 seconds, I'm not going to knock your time very much. I just to me one to nine favorite that day, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, with Candy Island, with Secret Fix, with Interstate Daydream. All three horses who line up next to each other want to go. Market success all the way on the outside. The 11 horse possesses speed. I just think it's going to be tough for anybody to go gate to wire. And that's like not even mentioning the three red hot lass who really just wants to go as well. Interstate Daydream is probably like she's the classiest of these horses and can be the fastest if she wants to. But I, I, I just feel like this is going to be a tough trip for any of those top three or four horses to be able to get the job done. The fifth and final leg of the Thistledown Late Pit 5 on Saturday, June 24th. Race 12, it's the Grade 3 Ohio Derby. Three-year-old, uh, sorry, eight three-year-old males going a mile and eighth on the dirt. Where'd you going on top? Almost singled this one. If I was going to spread and add a couple prices elsewhere, I would have singled the three Bishop's Bay. Uh, I think Bishop's Bay has a pace edge here. Uh, I don't see a ton of pace in this race like I did in the other. I think Bishop Bay clears early, and we saw it. A mile and an eighth can be very tough to pass when doesn't when the fractions aren't that hot. Uh, it took Archangelo every bit of that stretch to get past Bishop's Bay last time. I had concerns about Bishop's Bay getting the mile and an eighth. But then we saw Bishop's Bay get the mile and an eighth. So I'm not going to have those same concerns. I like the price at three to one more than I like the price of two fills at eight to five. These are clearly your best two horses in this race. I think it's three or four. Uh, I'm probably going to play a press ticket through the three here just to try and, try and create some values at the end. Yeah, I used, uh, I used those two horses plus a third one here. But with Bishop's Bay, 
I, my concern is he just gets screwbally when he gets on the front end, right? Like you saw that in the Peter Pan. He had the lead. He should have won that race, and he just got up there and got lost. And if nobody goes with him early, I'm afraid he's going to not be focused and kick in when he absolutely needs to. But again, like you said, you cannot, cannot ignore that he barely lost to the Belmont Stakes winner like out of that race. So uh, as far as two fills go, you know, the, it's so impressive that he was part of that early suicidal derby pace. And still almost won the damn race. Like, yeah. so impressive that it makes me a little worried why I, I went three deep here. What well, if he bounces off of that? What if that was just an, an absolutely, you know, career-defining effort? And for him to come out of that and, and still be just as successful when you know he's going to be a short effort it was or a short price, it's a little concerning. But, um, you know, right. Bishop's Bay's got that lone speed effort here. Go ahead. It's tough. It's tough with two fills though, because you say that, but like if you go back to LeCompte, let's just look at his like the three-year-old season. The LeCompte runs second to Instant Coffee when Instant Coffee was one of the Derby favorites. I thought it was a pretty good race there. Then runs back in the Risen Star and attends the pace, which absolutely collapses for everybody else. Angel of Empire and Sun Thunder run by, but still stay, hangs on for third. Then runs mm -hmm. huge in the Jeff Ruby Stakes, like off the page huge. Gets a one-on-one buyer, and then runs phenomenal in the Derby. I, I like. It almost feels like he should have bounced a couple times in that sequence, and he just kind of keeps getting a little bit better. So I'm, I'm interested to see what two fills can do moving forward here. But I, I, I just don't. I think the pace edge for Bishop Bay is a little too much. Uh, the third one I used here, and, and Carl Ramra brings it up. I'm gonna throw a hay strike on here. The eight horse for Kenny McPeak is six to one winner. Two of the past three, both of them stakes routes. So zero question mark about him being able to go two turns and win this race. The only the biggest where I actually have this horse, Mike, his two wins came when he was on Lasix. If you look at his record on Lasix versus off Lasix, it's a big difference in how he tends to perform. And he's off Lasix here. Uh, but Christian Torres I already talked about earlier. I love that he's going to be out riding this horse. If you found out that Kenny McPeak won this race at a little bit of a price with the horses, won two stakes dirt routes before. You're not gonna. You might be disappointed that you didn't have the horse, but you're not going to be overly surprised. So I went three deep in here, and now he's Hayes Strike. I am planning on playing a cold 3-4-8 eight try. I, I, the 8 was the other horse that I considered here. I think Lord <laughs> Miles and Henry Q are overvalued, especially in the morning line. Neither of them should be sub 10-1 to 1 against this field. You're getting 5-1 to 1 and 7-2 in the morning line. We'll see what they go off at. Uh, but I, I think that those two are are way under the price that they should be. So for me, the 3-4 and the 8 are the only competitors. I think the 3 and the 4 are a step above the 8. And so this is one of those spots where playing a 3-4-8 try, and then if you want to play back a lesser 4-3-8 try, I think makes sense as well. But getting Bishop's Bay in that first spot will really juice up the try payouts too because you're going to have a lot of people with two fills up there in that spot. So I'm going to see if we can get the 3-4-8 uh, the try home. The 1 would be the next one in for me. I would take Henry Q over Lord Miles. Uh, we'll see what happens here. But uh, it, like... Actually, I guess Thistle Safi maybe it fits. Um, but anyway, I like I'd, I'd still go three four eight here over the over anything else. Uh, how about this? Uh, Chris Malis says it's not crazy. I think two fills is the best three year old. Uh, if two fills wins this, and let's say he 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 doesn't have to dominate, but he definitely is like the clear winner of this race. Where do you put two fills in the three year old discussion? Uh, I mean, he could be three. I mean, he could still be champion three year old. I mean, he's got the Jeff Ruby stakes, uh, which. You know, it's a grade three, but he then ran second, very good second in the grade one Kentucky Derby. Uh, he's, he's already won the grade three street sense. I guess that was last year, though. Uh, we get add the grade three Ohio Derby here. And then I would expect you see him at Saratoga. And if he yeah. goes, if he goes Jim Dandy and then goes and wins the Travers, 
uh, he is going to be in the driver's seat for three-year-old of the year at that point because that means he's beaten Archangelo in the Travers. It means he's beaten Mage in the Travers. You know, that, that would be an impressive run if he's able to do that, and that's what the goal will be if he romps here today. And Chris Mellis, kind of echoing what you're saying, I almost want the four to win because it will make the Jim Dandy Travers even more fun. That's very true. And Nick Feldman brings up a great point. In February, there were people that thought Bishop's Bay was Cox's best three-year-old. Here we are in June. Uh, this horse barely loses to the Belmont winner, shows up in the Ohio Derby next, and isn't the favorite. And it's pretty crazy. And, and if you do like Bishop's Bay, like Mike does, I mean, three to one, if you can lock that in somewhere, that's a hell of a price to uh, on a horse that should be Cox's best. I, I got to say, like we've talked about the, the rest of the three-year-old season before. This is going to be so much fun, this back half of the three-year-old season, because the Haskell should be a phenomenal race. The Jim Dandy, which, you know, because you have the curl in the day before, people are like, well, you split the entries. There's a lot of horses that have won stakes as three-year-olds already. Because there have been so many horses passing the baton, you should have yep. a very good Jim Dandy field this year, too. And then that will lead right into the Travers, where I think you're going to have, uh, I'm hoping... 12 horses in the Travers, and you're going to have like eight heavy hitters in there. It, it could be a lot of fun if we get everyone who we think we will this far out. Definitely something to look forward to here. Thanks for joining Mike and I to talk about the late pick five at Thistledown on Saturday, June 24th for our podcast. Listeners, we'll give out our tickets one last time. Visual watchers, I guess that makes sense. People watching online the live stream or the replay, take a look down below. We have our tickets posted right there. I will start for 50 cents. I'm going to go 158 single the five five eight nine six eight nine twelve three four eight for fifty four dollars mr summich and the copy of that 54 bucks i'm gonna go two three eight with three four five with six eight nine with four six with three four uh make sure you let us know in the comments or on twitter uh, uh if you're gonna be playing this uh let us know what your tickets are you follow me i'm at chris kellowart he is at summer bomb 18 number one number eight corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes blinkers off will be live at some point Today, I'm guessing, possibly, maybe, not quite sure. Aaron doesn't know either. Due to bet sports uh, with Papa Dude, we've, missed him, we've been missing him in the morning show, but they're going to be live in 20 minutes. Uh, so at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, or if you're listening to this on replay, go check it out. Always a great show. Uh, can't wait to hear what his rant will be this time. I know last time, what was, is that where the pineapple thing came from? Where did that come from? Was that from, or maybe that was from one of the morning shows. I just, I just can't wait till eight o'clock. I want to know what's going to happen in this draft. Like they've taken down the draft <laughs> positions, they put them back up. Brandon Miller is now the favorite for the number two overall pick. Scoot Henderson was minus four hundred earlier after we finished the show, but was like it is just flip flop between the two. I have no idea what's going on there. Uh, tune in, by the way, if you want to uh, listen to Mike go off on just an epic explanation about the draft. Uh... Draft betting, check out Dudes Who Bet uh, Daily from this morning, uh, June 22nd. That was a good one. But, yeah, make sure you join us every Wednesday through Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, to get our best bets for horse racing and sports worlds. Uh, we'll be back uh, for Friday. We'll be back for the Daily Show. Mike and I will be back for a normal Magic Mike show uh, the following Monday. Love to have you join us then. Until then, you have anything else? This is a short show. <laughs> That's including the Belmont break. <laughs> No, I'm pretty. I'm pretty good, man. I don't have too much here. Just uh, I'm looking forward to tonight. Should be fun, and then uh, yeah, we'll see what what happens. I'm excited. I now it's gonna be a fun weekend. Now I got I qualified for twelve tournaments today, so that's always fun. Uh, <laughs> thanks to that two at uh, at Belmont. So I got a bunch of tournaments to play this weekend, but a bunch of handicapping to do. We got a bunch of good races, and uh, got a nice piece of that pick five as well. 
And we got Forbidden Door uh, pay-per-view this weekend. Aaron and I are excited about that one. So make sure you tune in for Dudes Who Bet Daily. Subscribe to YouTube.com slash Racing Dudes. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck with your bets. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb. Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.